0: Welcome to the double shot with your favourite cousins, James and Alex Fitzgerald. I'm back, cuz. just <laughs> but I'm back.
1: <laughs> oh, you sound flat as a tack, my friend, my good, oh. my good, slightly sick friend and Oy. cousin. I tell you what,
0: oh my flat days, a tack. oh my days,
1: I've I, never uh, been that
0: sick. I'll be honest yeah, with you. I, I think I've, ta- I think the Mel. Uh, who obviously runs our payroll was like, mate, you've taken three sick years, uh, three sick days, in like twelve years or something," ten years. Ten and, and then years. you just took three in a row. And I was like, "Yep, that's yeah, that's the state of affairs at the yeah. moment."
1: <laughs> I was saying to someone this morning that the last time I remember you sick, if you could even call it sick, it's not comparable, but you had to leave work early one day because you'd had a chicken sandwich, and. And it wasn't cooked through and you had, like, salmonella. That was in, like, oh, yeah, 2012, 2013. Do you remember that?
0: Got the sweats, yeah.
1: <laughs> Still. And, like, so this time you had, Still. like, a proper flu. Producer so. JB
0: was back at 8.30 the next morning. So, no, nah, no. Nah. Hey, J, JB, by, by the way, I, I came in before <laughs> and uh, we're setting up for the pod and Producer JB's got shades on. What's yeah. the backstory there? It's a bit of
1: Blues Brothers bonanza.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm just channeling my Stevie Wonder. <laughs> I just forgot the Isn't keyboard. I forgot the me. keyboard. What,
1: what, the, everyone in your office is sick. What's going on? Shh.
0: There's something going around. Hey, um, uh, and and uh, great episode with Bernie last week. By the way, uh, give it a listen if uh, you haven't already. I, I gave it a listen on Thursday morning when it dropped. Uh, you gave <laughs> some great insight into uh, how to keep your banks honest. Um, Bit on where rates are going, fixed rates, uh, variable rates, et cetera. So uh, yeah. I'm sure that was a good experience for you.
1: Well, you know, I've actually got to apologise to the DoubleShot people because I feel like I, I feel like we'd had him on over the years, but we have not. Our podcast is like three or four years old Uh, worked with Bernie for six plus years, and he's never been on the podcast. (laughs) So I said, "Um, that's not good enough, Bernie. You've got to come on, like for me, from me and you, to to not have asked him. Um, He absolutely loved it. He enjoyed it so much. Because fun fact that I learned about Big Dog last week, he actually had a bit of a radio stint back in the day. He was on radio.
0: Well, it doesn't surprise me.
1: So no, he, it was like riding a bike for the great man. He, yeah. Uh, no, no second takes, no nothing. We just went for it. So sorry if there's a few blips along the way there, but that was just honest, raw, good old finance conversation. Um, some of it planned, some of it not, but uh, really good yeah. tips from the the great man himself. Yeah, please listen. Provide feedback. We're gonna get him on once a quarter. That's the new. Yeah. That's all, or when, you know, something significant in the finance world changes, it shifts and we need to hear it from him and, and him only to share it with us, share and, us the good news.
0: And so I picked up my flu down in Melbourne on uh, the grand final <laughs> weekend yes. and uh, we caught up a- actually on the on the Saturday and mm. Melbourne was a buzz, literally a buzz. It was 26, 27 degrees, beautiful springtime Stunning. weather. Uh, Stunning. But also I feel like there was a spring in the step of Melburnians because their fearless leader, the chairman, resigned the Tuesday <laughs> before grand final and it felt like it built this massive momentum all the way through uh, to the grand final <laughs> afternoon there.
1: Well, I think you're reading a little bit too, too into it there. <laughs> to be honest with you, I actually got a text from uh, my husband and it was like, you know, 30 minutes before... Uh, Chairman Dan was resigning and it was like on WhatsApp it says forward many times when you've actually been forwarded something, so it said forward many times and it said um, rumours Dan Andrews to resign in 10 minutes and then about 30 minutes later it was actually out in the press. So honestly I don't don't know like where he gets his intel from but uh, there you go. I think most people have sort of forgotten about that a little bit. The Victorian government are on... Such a, such a like mission to change things, bring out housing stuff, I guess, get Dan to drop it all and and then leave just in case there's, um, you know, rebuttals or I suppose. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not really changed our lives, obviously.
0: It, well, he was a very successful politician. He'll go down as, I'm oh, yeah. sure, one of the most successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to have, ever, regardless of what you think of him as a as a yep. as a person, whether you liked him or you didn't, he's he was a very a, good a very, very good politician.
1: Yeah. Amen to that. You know who else landed on their feet lately? Our boy. Well, I call him our boy because we did quite like him. But Josh Frydenberg, he's landed on his feet. He's the new chairman of Goldman Sachs, and that's pretty cool. We we often joke that. Uh, you know, the the chairman's fly the 11 a.m. Qantas. They get in the very coveted and secret business lounge, those business class lounges, platinum yeah. frequent flyers. The great man has the feet. Or as you call
0: all of that, Thursday. Travel.
1: <laughs> just travel. <laughs> 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 You're a Fitzgerald your as well. Uh, we're cut from the same cloth. If you wanted to get oh, somewhere, I'm your sure status that you could... is a
0: little bit higher than mine on uh, Virgin. <laughs> Let's just put it that way.
1: No, that's definitely true. But uh, but hey, anyway, go on Adelaide and coming up there, all those. Oh years. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not under anyway, politic, so the political, chairman, the chairman political himself, scrutiny anymore, and he's living the dream.
0: Yeah, well, geez, the Qantas Chairman's Lounge. I'm not sure if that's a place you want to be at the moment. That's been uh, yeah. it's been a bit of heat <laughs> floating around uh, for people um, who are on the Qantas, Qantas Chairman's Lounge.
1: Yeah, Isn't look. There? Despite despite all your commentary, I wouldn't know what the inside of these places look like. So, right. not a chairman. Uh, don't work in in uh, public or a government enterprise, and probably never will. So there you go. Hey, um, uh,
0: we should get into some some real stuff. Some <laughs> some the meat and bones of the pod. Uh, let's start with this uh, cop who's picked up a loan mm. from a group called Hope Housing. Yep. So, gentleman's thirty three years old been in the police force for 13 years, was struggling to break into the Sydney housing market when uh, his girlfriend put him onto a non-profit organisation called Hope Housing, which basically help uh, essential workers buy housing close to where they live and work, uh, Mm. work and want to live. So uh, how it works is they have fronted him half of the cost of the house. Yep. And then he therefore only had to borrow half of whatever the house cost Mm-hmm. And his repayments are only half. He never has to pay it back. The only time he pays it back is they've got a, a lien, which is some sort of security against the property. If and when he sells the property, he pays them back half of whatever the property sells for.
1: Yeah. So, so you said he doesn't have to pay them back. He does. He do, he's got to pay them back when he when he sells. But
0: he doesn't have to. I guess <laughs> he chooses to. But yes, yes, when he sells, he has to. But um, there's no obligation If, for if him he to chooses sell. to sell. First. I like it's very it. interesting. Great initiative.
1: Yeah, I've never heard of Hope Housing before. So, yeah, essential essential workers, I mean, they they often get, uh, you know, these kind of priority um, like little schemes, if you will, a lot of like AMBO workers and, and nurses, stuff like that as well. So they're probably not the only one, but we've never really talked about it on this pod before. But yeah. uh, I believe that um, they actually make 50% of the repayments as well. He makes 50% of the repayments.
0: Yeah, because that they've giving him only, like he's only had to borrow 50% beautiful. of the, the house. So $1. Yes. $1. $1.6 million property, which mm. if you're a policeman on a single income, $1.6 million property uh, would be tough to, to be able to, you know, afford.
1: Absolutely. But you know what? He does go on in this article to talk about he'd saved a very significant deposit. So this this young gentleman of 33 years old had saved a very significant deposit um, and then he'd also been able to borrow 50% from the bank and 50% was lent to him from Hope Housing. So pretty unreal. If you're an uh, essential services worker, it's absolutely something to look into. You don't just have to be a cop. All right, so we gave a little bit of uh, intro, I suppose, to the Victorian government having some change of late, but of course the government must go on no matter who the leader is. And uh, Victoria's got a massive housing push that has come out uh, so many different things to say about it. Obviously, it has to happen. Uh, we've got to talk about it. Things have to be moving. They've got to release incentives. They've got to have, I suppose, KPIs if you like, to bring it down to a sort of like a work reference. Um, yeah, it feels it feels aggressive, but uh, it is very very interesting. All the things that uh, they had Dan Andrews announce before he left. And now I guess yeah. uh, the, the rest of us and, and the rest of the industry um, will, be, will be pushed in, in some good ways to actually deliver on.
0: Well, I mean, the big one was no permits required for granny flats because mm. the Victorian state government has been staunchly opposed to that for the best part of a decade since the New South Wales government first in- introduced it. Uh, mm. Queensland government followed a couple of years ago. Now the Victorian government as well. So the three biggest uh, governments in Australia – Three biggest states are allowing granny flats without any need for a permit. Huge for, you know, uh, say the empty nester who wants to get a little bit of extra income for the mm. first and second home buyer who wants to supplement the mortgage for multi-generational housing. Uh, that, that was the big ticket item for me. Uh, the second one is streamlined approvals for what they're calling four and five-storey projects, which is really interesting because that seems to suggest to me that, hey, if you're going to build a four to five-storey uh, housing project, which you don't see a lot of in Australia, they're very, very common. You don't. In Europe and the United States, it's mm-hmm. that sort of what we, what's often called the missing middle, that, that sort of medium-middle um, uh, density market. That's We're right. going to fast-track your approval process. Details aren't quite there yet, <laughs> but uh, clearly they really want to prioritise putting that type of housing into the market going forward.
1: It it is huge. It's huge. There's um there's so many different things that they're doing, and I like you know with the granny flats for example, it feels like we're almost broken records. But it's because this it's been state by state that they've each sort of come out with that. Well, great, that's you know a quick and easy fix that you know will incentivize uh, the private investor or the the owner the um owner occupier the own home. Um, but the big number, the headline number is they're targeting eighty thousand extra new homes every year for the next decade. Yeah, like that that's that is the figure. Um, and a couple of ways, they're doing that. Besides what we've talked about, is you know they there are other ways that they're sort of like redirecting us. Is you know they're going to start taxing Airbnbs, for example, much harder so they can bring that stock back on. Which is everyone's doing it. Byron Bay is doing it as well. I mean, they're much smaller market, but I think um I think you know these things have got to happen. Like Victoria cops or has copped a lot of flack for for doing that and killing the Airbnb business, but it is a very easy fix for um, long-term properties to come back onto the market, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So the next sort of milestone, I guess, is going to be getting more supply into the market, but all the government's now focusing on it. Um, it, It's going to decide elections going forward. For the next three or four years, I reckon if a state government has dealt with housing well, they'll get reelected. If they haven't, they won't. It's so important for people. Um, that mm. and it's and it's front and center at the moment, so they have no choice but to try and uh, mm. introduce more housing and and do a better job.
1: It's funny though, like I feel like housing has been the center of the last few elections, be it state or, or federal, and and you know we could always be doing more. So even if you know things have been delivered we still may feel like, you know, no, it's, it's still not enough. Cost of living still going up. Rents are still going up. Interest rates are still going up, whatever. And, you know, some great initiatives could actually be delivered, but I guess oh, but I think just... it's.
0: But also, but also I think it's been more around housing affordability has been totally. an important topic, whereas we're literally talking about whether we've even got enough houses so, you know, it's, it's an increase in homelessness. That, that's that's something that hasn't been as significant. Uh, new, just to round out, New South Wales, by the way, uh, did something similar. Probably not as um, detailed as as the Victorian government, but they announced mm. roughly two point two billion dollars uh, that they're going to spend in the next 12, 24 months on new infrastructure that will unlock a whole raft of new housing in the sort of western northern regions of uh, of uh, Sydney. There,
1: geez, I tell you what, couldn't come soon enough is the the new airport in the west of Ooh, New South yeah. Wales. That couldn't come, come soon enough. When's, when's that you? I don't even know if it's under construction, but um, that couldn't come soon enough. I feel like every other day I'm reading articles about the Sydney Sydney airport's got licorice, all sorts of, uh, of issues uh, amongst like a very vastly growing population and just a, just a absolute madness in their city. You're looking it up, eh? You're looking I'll look it up. When,
0: when does Badgeries Creek open? <laughs> Surely soon. When does
1: Badgeries... Airport. If it's under construction, look, that just, uh, you know, I'll admit fault on that. I just have absolutely no idea if it is. I, think uh, I feel like 20, it's still in planning. 2026. 20, is it under construction? Yeah, apparently. And I don't mean just like steamrolling a bit of the uh, grass. Yeah, 20,
0: 2026. <laughs> there you go.
1: Couldn't come soon enough, cuz. Okay, cuz you're a bit, you're a bit flat on energy today and you know, look, that's that's okay. You're still here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You accuse me of flat energy. Come on, mate.
1: We're trying to be positive around here. More energy. More energy. Anyway, carry on. Hey, you know how I love, you know how I love Michael Jordan's Jordans? I like Nikes. Yes. I don't, you actually don't really wear them, do you? You're more of like a converse operator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Says but a lot. But I love, I
0: love uh, probably the best book I've ever read was that uh, biography on on Michael Jordan. The uh, no, I think it was uh, Roland Zalansky, uh, uh wrote it. Yeah,
1: I thought you were going to say Shoe Dog, Shoe Dog, which is also Phil, Phil very, Knight. very
0: good. Yeah,
1: that's actually one of my favourite books ever yeah. of all time. Yeah, two Highly
0: very good recommend. books. Highly
1: recommend. Highly recommend. Shoe Dog's about uh, Phil Knight who who began Nike. Yeah, and it's just just the story of Nike, and it's really bloody awesome. Uh, I guess what like the movie Air is the, was the movie called Air?
0: Yep, yep.
1: I haven't seen it yet. That's terrible. Anyway, so a couple of us in the office on a Friday, and you know maybe a couple of other days in in the week, whatever. If it looks good with the suit, obviously, um, a couple of us like to wear Air Jordans for the office. Okay, and uh, got us got us talking the other day. I know there's uh, Matt in your office too. Big basketball,
0: massive. Like. Yep,
1: Michael Jordan. Obviously, his name is attached to the Jordan shoe, which is famous as ever, releasing, you know, a shoe every month. I don't even know at this point, but just crazy stuff. His Mm -hmm. name's Attachew. What do you think he gets as a percentage for every Jordan product sold under the Nike brand?
0: Well, I I remember from reading one of those books that he gets 5%. It is.
1: It's 5%. I remember
0: remember he gets 5%. Yeah, but I don't know what that equates to in dollars, like in in a year, for example.
1: Well well I can tell you to, to the day, Nike sells fifteen million dollars of shoes per day.
0: Fifteen million dollars worth of Jordan shoes every day? Yes,
1: yeah, so what's that? Seven is that about seven hundred and fifty and that's obvious 700, Oh, hang Seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars USD per day Michael Jordan gets for his shoes. Seven
0: hundred and fifty oh. grand a day. So what's I, that? I How just, is that? How much? How much that 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 must be? It's it's, it's two
1: hundred and seventy four million per annum.
0: <laughs> Gee whiz!
1: <laughs> and like for basically I
0: mean, doing nothing. I don't Like, what to, does he do for it? I mean, you, no, admittedly, he he yeah he he you know was really good at basketball I mean, back in the. I am sure he does a
1: lot. Of, he does a lot of things. If you were getting if you were getting two hundred and seventy four million dollars per annum, what, what would you do with it? Like, oh. what's the first few things that come to your mind? Is it really sad that, that I mean, we are on our podcast that talks about real estate, but I would go and acquire like a bucket load of property, and then I would have to do like significant philanthropy. Surely,
0: yeah, I think and you I know think you'd have you're going to, to just keep at getting. Some point, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and and I don't know if he does philanthropy. But uh, what is he sure he, he, does. he he he's very very wealthy like he has re- he has invested that money very very wisely as well like yeah. like worth multiple multiple billions of dollars She's 274 oh, and- million and i remember the, the uh like the stage in the shoe dog book where literally nike just could not break into basketball Uh, They literally were getting smashed by Adidas and all of the, I think Converse might have even been like an established supplier at that point. Mm -hmm. And uh, they really wanted Jordan. They knew that Jordan was going to be this like generational talent. And so they said the only way that we can beat Adidas is we've literally got to offer him a percentage of every shoe sale for the rest of his life.
1: And I I think too like he was still a young and then they were taking a very big punt on him. Yeah. And like the, like, you know, uh, not in a negative sense, but a lot of stars don't work out, you know? Or it's it's too much too soon for them when they're quite young. God, such a good story. But you'd have to do, yeah, long long term investments into like long term strategies, build build long term wealth for your family, I suppose, and, and long term philanthropy.
0: Yeah. Good bit Joy. of stat good bit of stat fact there. If next time you see a friend who's wearing some Air Jordans, you can roll out that little stat fact. Amazing. So you're contributing
1: wow to uh you're contributing to Michael Jordan's seven hundred fifty thousand dollar a day pocket money. <laughs> <laughs> it's A little, a little spendy. <coughs> surely you had a little bit of time in your downtime last week when you were sick to, you uh, know, maybe look look up a few things, uh, see what off the back of our uh, or my podcast, I should say, with with Bernie, you know, what's uh, what's going on in the the fixed rates world and and whatnot, because there's a few few things shifting around.
0: Well, I don't know if it was caused by listening to the pod or not, but uh, <laughs> the, the next day I did see an article uh, that was published saying mm. that the four big banks have all dropped their fixed rates by 02 to 0.35% in the last uh, couple of weeks, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's really interesting because it's the first time that they've dropped their fixed rates in more than 12 months, they just have not been dropping their fixed rates. So uh, what it does well, suggest to me... Yeah, well, Macquarie weren't. You're right. So they've
1: gone the opposite way. It
0: was confusing me because Big mm. Dog said, "Yeah, that that uh, Macquarie mm. weren't," but uh, but but no, the majority of the banks now are reducing their fixed rates. Uh, and it is interesting. You go as you know, I love Rate City. Uh, go online there, and you can see um, what is the best one, two, three, four, or, or even five year fixed uh, rates. And there's so much um, kind of variance at the moment. You can probably get a Ah uh, fixed rates today at at about you know if, if the variable rates i think the average variable rate is apparently six point two percent today that that's according to to rate city um, Jeez, the, average, the average the uh, average one year fixed rate is about six point four six point five with the main banks. so in other words you you're sort of if you fix it for a year, mm. you're not really coming out ahead unless rates went up quite a bit. Because rates would have to be, That's right. you know, 64 6.5% for the majority of the next 12 months, right? Um, and then for two- and three-year rates, uh, they sort of come pretty much back down to the variable rate today. So majority of the banks aren't really offering you much of a win for the next three years uh, in terms of offering a fixed rate that sits below the current variable rate. Uh, but if they are starting to drop the fixed rates, you know, it's a it's a space to watch.
1: Absolutely, a space to watch. You know, what's interesting too is that investor loans are up eleven point six percent. Yeah, not not quite for the year, but between about February and now, we're in we're in nearly in the middle of October. Yeah, um, which is pretty interesting because you'd think, well, the investors are running for the hills because ha, the rates have gone up.
0: Have you fixed your rates often?
1: No, never. no, I don't, I've, I don't think I've ever fixed a rate in. Oh, really? The ten years that I've bought properties, no. And and look, maybe that's just silly, silly me, um, oversighting, But I've never actually fixed a rate. No,
0: I've, hmm. I've fixed rates three times. Uh, twice I've come out ahead. One time I I <laughs> I, uh, I paid, paid more money size. than the bank needed to be paid. There's nothing <laughs> worse. Like when you've when you when you've beaten the bank. So when you when you get to the end of your fixed rate term and you, and and your your rate goes up significantly. It's like, oh, yeah, I really got the better of the bank in that that last little 12, 24 months. Feels when,
1: like gambling, my friend.
0: Yeah, well, when it goes the other way, it's like, oh, man, geez, am I glad to be out of that fixed rate.
1: True, but geez, you know, if I think that I've never fixed a rate in 10 years over five properties, I've probably paid a lot more than i needed to, especially in that really low interest rate environment of like 19, 20, 21. Yeah, like, I've definitely overpaid the bank. I do I
0: mean, you know, we've still got. I I've still got a lot of friends who are on one point eight nine percent uh, fixed out till the end of twenty twenty four. So, so do I. they would be absolutely cleaning up uh, at the moment. Um, but you know it can it can go the other way that's what a lot of people do do sort of realize you know a lot of people say oh that that's you know a little bit unfair it's not unfair because they took a risk and it paid off there's nothing worse than when you're on the other side of that equation um you know and and you've got a a fixed rate that that is a lot higher than the current variable rate and mm. and and that's not very fair either
1: i mean you yeah. know we we all we all had if we owned property in that environment we all had the opportunity right so it's hard to talk about fairness in banking in yeah. uh, in some regards but
0: I'm going to keep event, I'm I'm going to keep an eye on it though you can you can get like by the way just just to close out there's like some some <laughs> banks that I've never heard of that are actually offering like two one to two years at five and a half percent fixed.
1: Yeah, so a bit I, risky, got,
0: but like there are yeah, some banks out there that are that are offering some some really attractive products.
1: I think too, like if it's a bank you've never heard of, like you want to do some some significant research. I think we talked about it like a few weeks ago, whereby if they don't have you know any any dial up and custom hotline, no service, like you know if you've got if you've got big issues trying to actually get a hold of them. Yeah, oh, that, I mean what, you know maybe I'm high maintenance, but
0: no, no, I think. You know, there's sort of probably somewhere in the middle as well. Like, like I think at the one end, you've got the big four who are easily more expensive than every other bank uh, today. You know, mm. based on on all the products that they're offering. You and Bernie talks about that in a lot of depth last week. Uh, then you've got some of these minnows that are sort of maybe maybe don't have the track record that are offering really really attractive rates. And then there's probably banks that sit somewhere in the middle, which uh, which could be that sort of Goldilocks zone for for some investors.
1: Absolutely. Hey, um, but I'm on that in like a week. Uh, sorry, a month and a bit. What um shows? What shows are you going to put me onto? You you going to start a list for me to get through.
0: Well, I've been sick for the last week, so I, I really, uh, I I just did one show for the whole last week, and that was <laughs> Top Boy on Netflix. Top Boy. Got got recommended to me by Dora, our CFO here, and. Uh, <laughs> very very good it's uh, jordan said, producer jb has seen it it is a uh, what is it like it's like it's like the british drug scene almost, almost um, like the the wire I, I guess it's yeah, like a, if it you've the seen Wile? the wire it's kind of like a close comparison to that but a bit more um a bit more gritty yeah it's got a fair bit of humor in it though like it's not just <laughs> it's not just dark or anything um there's quite a bit of humor <laughs> in it and uh and i i just watched top boy like the one that came up on Netflix, there is apparently a prequel, so there's a a, a whole couple of seasons beforehand called Top Boy Summer House. Yeah, so there's three <laughs> seasons of Top Boy, and then there's two se- two anyway. So that's all I got for you, cuz at this point, you got any for me?
1: Not presently, no. I'm I'm fresh out of shows and uh, and looking for the these exact recommendations. Oh,
0: Ted Lasso. Me, me and uh, Han just finished. Ted Lasso, amazing, Ted Which is amazing very, very show. That's a great show. Football is, is life. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, like it's the amount <laughs> of like one-liners that that they pump into the like the main guy Ted. I, I don't think yeah. I've heard so many fantastic one-liners in my entire really? t- entire existence.
1: Yeah, that's actually great. One-liners are very good, very good. I'm just trying to get through the back end of billions, and I've just found myself kind of a little bit disengaged. Uh, of late. So yeah, Mike Prince. New show would be
0: Mike Prince. Don't like him.
1: Mike, Mike, Mike Prince, yeah. Yeah, yeah can't he's, have him. he's not the same as Bobby Axelrod. Nah. This is true. All right, I'll look into those. I want to thank you. All Thanks right. for coming back. Good luck with the cough.
0: No worries, guys. Sorry if, if, uh, bring it back if, next if you week. heard a few coughs today, my, my apologies. I'm, I'm sure JB will edit them out. <laughs> I'll do my best.
1: Get this man a Manuka honey drop. Sick, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is thedoubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is thedoubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.